The Discover College Soccer Podcast is sponsored by VO. VO is the number one AI camera solution helping players capture college recruitment videos. Check out their new starter and family options by clicking on the link in the description or visit Discover College Soccer to learn more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Damon Nish from Herkimer College up in New York. Welcome, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. You guys are a two-year program up kind of between Albany and Syracuse, a lovely part of of New York up there, probably a lot cooler than uh, we are down here in Florida right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice up here just now. We get some, uh, the winters get incredibly cold, the the summers get pretty nice, um, but we don't have to worry about passing out on the turf or anything like that with the heat, so it's nice, a nice place to be. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. You know, we're, we're talking here end of July. Uh, and I know, you know, the, the, the two-year colleges have, have a little bit of a different calendar, uh, you know, especially compared to some of the other schools, uh, division one and whatnot. But so I guess, uh, the right question for me to ask right now is, is your class of 23 done? Or are you still looking to add a couple more before the season starts? No, we we think we're pretty much done. So if we um if we were to to start tomorrow, we'd be incredibly happy with our our class. With it, you know, being a, a junior college, there's um there's always room um for people coming in. We we always have room uh, to accommodate. I try not to pack the squad out too much. So we we're sitting at uh, twenty three players right now, um which is actually this is going to be my third year. This is the most players I've I've ever had. Um, but we you know we don't want to get close to 30 we don't want 26 27 28 players we're quite happy to have you know 20 to 24 players you know with injuries and um and all the rest of it players come here to play um so we're not we're not recruiting people for three four years down the down the line or development projects we want girls that are maybe um not being really happy with their offers from uh, four-year schools maybe not being promised to play in time maybe you know academics aren't quite there and, and and they've got something to prove um we want girls that are wanting to come in and, and from day one stamp their authority in, on our program and and really be um pushing to to get to the next level oh, that's fantastic well it, I, and you know i i recruited from a few junior colleges back in my day but it, i know that it can be challenging filling that roster every senior and you're constantly reloading, you're recruiting really twice as much as, as, as a four-year school. So where are the places you like to go, whether, you know, tournament wise, or, I, I mean, are you, do you look at a lot of, of high school soccer kind of where, where's your fertile recruiting ground that you like to, to use? Yeah. So we, we're really lucky here up in the Northeast that there's a, a really vibrant uh, club soccer program. Um, around between New York, New Jersey, Vermont, um, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. There's there's a really vibrant um, soccer community. Um, so where we are just now, we're right in the middle of, of Syracuse and Albany. We're, we're really blessed for, around here because we've got some fantastic soccer clubs um, are in this area, you know, in, in this area that uh, that compete within the ECNL, the Girls Academy, or within um, DPL, um a bunch of different local leagues as well. So there's there's a ton that we have locally um, that, that keeps me interested. I try and get out during the fall season to as many high school games as I can. Um, but 
you know, we've got so many, um, like I say, club teams, club competitions around. We just got back. I actually just got back from Ohio. I was there for the DPL National Championships. Um, I was in uh, Boston for the Surf uh, College Showcase the month or two ago. Um, Pennsylvania just had the Hershey uh, tournament. You know, so so within a, a five six hour drive down here, the, the girls' academy, um, national championships, and all that. So we've got so much within the Northeast um, that you know I try and get around. I, I work with club teams as well, a club team as well, uh, with Coliseum Soccer Club. So, you know, I, I managed to get to these as a coach and as a recruiter as well. But yeah, the Northeast has got so much good soccer going on that we really are lucky to be able to, you know, one week I can be out in Boston, the next week down in um, Long Island, the next week in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And it's all, you know, relatively close. Yeah. Well, what, one of the questions folks always ask me, though, is, you know, do, how how much is it me you know, doing some outbound communication versus, you know, oh, I, I always hear that the good players are, are, are going to get found kind of thing. So when you're at an event, let's say you're at a tournament in Hershey or wherever, how much of it is you going to see players that you have had contact with versus you're sitting down to a game because it's uh, a Syracuse team versus a Harrisburg team and and those are kind of both in your area and you think maybe I might have some some luck here? Yeah, so a lot of it is is me looking um, um, on, on the websites to see the older age groups, kind of um, who's playing who and, and what um, what teams are from um, this sort of area. Because mostly we get um, we get players from around about three four hours away. Four, you know, four hours away is kind of the max of where we get. We've got a couple of girls coming from abroad and a girl coming from um Georgia this this year and um you know that's just with having good uh, contacts in some places but when we're going to the tournaments and things like that really it's sometimes players will reach out uh, sometimes we'll get emails from players hi I'm going to be at surf tournament this weekend and they'll send their schedule and stuff like that and, and we'll have a look at it um on the whole though it's more for me personally I tend to reach out to the coaches of these teams um, and I'll, I'll send an email for saying, hey, I'm going to be there. I got an email from one of your players. Um, you know, would love to touch base with you at the tournament or or afterwards if you're too busy, please, you know, here's my cell number. Please let me know if you're if you're available. And a lot of the times the coach will get back to me just saying, hey, yeah, we'd love to chat to you or, or that. And then I can kind of build um, a better relationship with the coach. The coach has got a better relationship with 18 to 20 of their players. So, you know, a lot of the emails we get will be mass sent out, someone sending um, an email to every coach that's going to be at an event. Um, we, You know, there are people that I know, that, that we know that um, are reaching out to us because they have an interest in here, but a lot of people are just sending mass emails out. So I try and touch base with coaches. Um, and then that way, you know, I'll say, oh, um, Stephanie sent me an email. She was, you know, saying, "Have you had much talk to her much about her plans when she graduates high school?" And it'll be, you know, oh yeah, she's she's really got her sights set on a D one D two school. She's yeah, these are her kind of schools. Or no, I've not really spoken to her. She's kind of quiet. She, you know, I don't know if she's going to play in college or whatever. And that'll give me a more of a basis to then when I speak to the player or or, or um, reach out to the player through the phone, I'll have a, a bit better understanding of what their thoughts are. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Now, do you guys do any ID camps or do you or your staff work any any camps? Do they fit in at all? Uh, I've not put any ID camps um, on for, for the general public. I've put um, this year, my first year, I've worked with, with a number of high schools in our local area to, to provide a, an evening where they can come and use the facilities or whatever. Um, and any player that wants to come, they can do it as a high school uh, practice or whatever. And then it gives me an opportunity if, if any parents want to or players want to speak to us about our program or about the academics here. You know, I, I have a bunch of um, information about our courses and about our soccer program. I can speak to them. Um, but I've tried to do that more than any sort of ID clinic Um just that I like getting out and trying to help the the community and 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 being an option for the community. We run high school leagues here at our facility um, as well, so you know it gives us an opportunity to bring in players who maybe are are a little bit shy about whatever they want to do or, or haven't thought about it or um, or are looking to play soccer and still haven't made a decision. And, and maybe uh, the junior college route is something that they've not really considered um, because they they don't know much about it. Um, so I try and get those players in so we can show them, you know, what we offer, how we can help them take the next step and, um, yeah, all, all the rest of the good stuff. Okay, great. Well, I know that one of the big selling points that I keep telling people about junior colleges is the cost savings, right? So um, what does, and I'm not holding you to hard numbers here, but can you just give me what the financial aid situation packages costs look like for an average uh, student athlete coming into your team? You know, do you offer athletic or is it just academic or what kind of costs might they, they see even if they're not from New York? So the, um, so we don't offer any sort of athletic scholarships. We are all academic scholarships with financial aid. Um, I think, so our tuitions around about is a little smidgen over five thousand dollars a year with um, uh, with financial aid. I think the average person pays around about two and a half uh, a year with financial aid. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big saving. It's a big saving. You've then got you know living expenses on top of that. Um, but you know, for for the tuition, it's with financial aid. There, there are if there are people within the state and within our area, then there's a, a lot of kids that pay nothing at all. Um, if you're out with the area or out with the state, like you get, like I said, with financial aid, um, the most that they will pay is, I think it's 5,100 and change. Um, but with financial aid, the average student ends up paying about $2,500 a year, um, which we have you know, some fantastic academic courses here. Um, we've got a lot of uh, incredible um transfer agreements with, with schools and we're now building a lot of uh, good relationships with um, soccer programs uh, in and out of the state so that players um, have opportunities to go and play at the next levels um, and then one of the you know one of the big um, selling points for, for for the school for for me as well well not for me but from for the, the athletes is that we try and run a program that is very similar to D1, D2 schools. I've done some visits to, to D1 programs, to D2 programs, um, and we're trying to mirror a lot of the things that um, that the players will see when they when they step out of here into there. So that when they um, when they walk in the door there, it's not you know deer and headlights kind of thing. They can 
um, step in day one and they're used to having the the um, Statsport GPS stuff. They've, they've got the, the huddle. They can break down film properly. They can, you know, do all these things that are, um, that when you're going into a program and, and, you know, maybe coming from a junior college or from a, from a uh, club program that doesn't spend that much time or, or um, money to, to go over these things, they can, you know, they can look at how do I break down film? How do I watch a game? I'm not just watching a game. I'm looking for this, that, or the other. How do I, you know, assess my performance as a winger, centre midfielder, centre defender? How do we do that? Um, how do we, get the uh, um the data analysis from the from the gps stuff and and what does that mean um in relation to our game not just numbers on paper um so you know one of the big things that we try and do is not just make a successful program win games here which is always important as you know but make sure that when players walk out of here and walk into the next um place whether it be a d1 d2 d3 school a semi-pro a pro go abroad whatever um that when they walk in the door that they're comfortable that they're they can focus on their soccer and they're not you know taken back by oh my god i have to do this or i have to do that or i have to wear this or i need to do this or whatever um so that's a big that's a big thing for me for what we're trying to do here Okay, great. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the school. You've been there a few years now. Kind of what have you found to be just the amazing, uh, terrific selling points of the school? Maybe some things about the school we wouldn't know just by going through the website. Yeah, so one of the, the nicest things about our school is our location. Um, we're up in, in central New York, so um, we're right in the middle of Albany, Syracuse. We're about three and a half hours from Manhattan. Um 45 minutes away from Albany, an hour away from Syracuse, but we're in a really nice little isolated area. Um, Herkimer's a, a nice little town, but our campus is a beautiful, beautiful campus on top of the hill. Um, you can see right out onto, uh, onto the valley, um, some beautiful scenes. Nice and secure. We have a, a secluded campus, so safety is a big uh, selling point, especially for young females who may be leaving home for the first time, coming to live. We have um, one of the most secure uh, campuses um, in junior colleges. We've got fantastic um, teacher-to-student ratio. We have small class sizes. So, again, there's a, a lot more of the interpersonal um, relationships that work for our student-athletes. Um, so when, when a student comes here, not only are they getting a you know a high level of soccer education, but they're getting the the one on one time with teachers. They're getting a lot of um, uh, face time um, in the classroom with people. Um, it's a blessing and a curse. I you know I saw all the teachers know all of the uh, all the athletes. It's we're a big athletic school. Um, so for these kids that have come in here, they, they can't fade into the background. The teachers know them. The president uh, uh, comes to our game. She's got her own box up in the press suite. So, you know, they'll be walking through the halls and the president of the of the uh, college will be stopping our players and saying what a great game it was and all the rest of it. So we're a small, uh, a small college. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of emphasis put on uh, interpersonal relationships, getting to know um, this area working within our community and and um, and really getting the best soccer and academic experience that is that is physically possible for a player. Awesome. Well, let's fast forward to October and you're in the heart of the season. Kind of walk me through what a typical week might look like for the players in terms of winners' practice, classes, games, meal times, or whatever else that that 
makes sense to be thrown in there. So when um, once we get into the heart of the season, that once we you know get through the preseason, which preseason has its own challenges, we've got we do about a three week preseason um, before we before we start. Um, in that time, um, we go and play some games and, and you know a lot of hard work. Once we get into the season, um, we tend to play two games a week. So we'll play on say a Wednesday and a, a Saturday. Um, the day after we play a game, we, we don't practice. We only do recovery work. So the girls will come in usually um, and they will um, they'll ice bath. They'll do some yoga. They'll, they'll use our facilities. They've got the bikes, um, whatever they need to do. They get um, information away for them. So whenever they um, we are, whenever they've played a game again, they're recording required to, well not required but that we try and encourage them to get the eight hours sleep to drink properly to eat properly proper recovery it's an intense season um and i think there's when i stepped into the the job a few years ago i don't think there was enough emphasis um for the players that were here on recovery and, and looking after their body and um, making sure they were properly prepped so so you've got you've got two game days you've got um two recovery days. So that gives us three days left for practices. Um, so generally what it will be, again, different days with different things, but the, the girls will have their, their classes in the morning. Um, we tend to practice at 3 p.m. So they're done in their classes generally about 1, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. We practice 3 to 5, 3 to 4.30 usually, um, but no later than 5. We give them that time that if they need to study, if they want to get... Uh, jobs to work if they need to do anything else they want to have a social life they're usually done with practice by five o'clock uh, one day of the week we'll have video analysis so we'll do video three to four uh, three forty-five, four o'clock and then it's usually four to five we practice it's, it's uh, usually the day before a game or the day uh, two days after the game we'll break down or we'll look at big games coming up and we'll it'll generally be a an easier session, a walkthrough, um, shadow play, little things like that, um, working on corners or set pieces so that we know that we can get everything in, in that hour. Um, so, yeah, we'll have two uh, two practices based on uh, upcoming games. One um, practice will be a, a video breakdown and then set pieces or shadow play or whatever like that. So the girls, like I say, the girls know uh, they're coming in, they've got two games. They have three practices and they've got two recovery days. That's how their uh, week's broken down. Practices are three to five. After five o'clock, they'll you know do whatever they need to do for the recovery, and then the evening is theirs if they need to go and you know work, uh, study, have a social life, do all the things that you know they want to. We don't. I don't really believe in or, or like this. Um, you know, we'll practice seven to eight o'clock or practice late. I like the having it done and letting the girls experience being a being a, a student as well. Um so that's a big thing for 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 me for the when the girls come here that you know there's a lot of focus on soccer. We um ask a lot of them, but we also give them the freedom to be students, to have a good time and um and be social sorry, be social or work or do whatever they need to do. Awesome. Well let's talk a little bit more about the the soccer part, right? We talk about being in season. So how would you describe kind of your style of coaching and, and the team style of play? So the 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 biggest thing for me for my style, I would say, is is um 
we want to build confidence within the girls. We want, like I said, a, a big factor of what we do here is getting them prepared, be that with the video analysis, the GPS stuff, all that sort of stuff, so that they're used to it and they're, they're comfortable with it. It's the same as when they go on the soccer field. We want them to be comfortable. We want them to know their positions, what their roles and responsibilities are. Um, and we want them to play with the freedom and, and um, confidence to go and play well. Um, so we want to challenge them in that way. So I suppose year to year it changes. Um, two years ago, we you know we wanted to to be a possession based team where we held the ball and we we played. And then last year, different. We had a big turnover, a lot of new players. We tried that to start off with, didn't work out, so we changed it a little bit. Um, I personally, I like I like scoring goals. I like. Good games. I like we we played we played games last year um, that you know we won and it was great. We had games last year that we lost and we came off the field and said, you know what, it's just one of those games we played well. We came up against a good team, um, but you know we attacked, we tried things, we want you know we we tried to do that. That that's the biggest thing that we encourage. Um, we encourage the girls to be expressive. We want to build confidence within them. And part of that is, you know, them knowing their roles and responsibilities, what we, what's expected of them. So at the end of the day, you know, we can say, listen, we're playing with two wingers. We really want to get these wingers on the ball. Left or right doesn't matter. We want them on the ball. And when they get on the ball, we want you to attack players. We want you to take players. And I don't care if you get tackled nine times out of ten. I want you trying it to get better. I want my strikers to hold the ball up. I want my midfielders to link. I want my fullbacks to be up and overlapping. I want my centre defenders to be loud and obnoxious and all the rest of it. Um, so these are the things that we set out at the start. These are what is expected of you. And then, of course, there's different levels of ability, different levels of experience. So we can't always play the same way. We can't always, you know, say we we're going to be a team that plays for crossing and finishing, or because we might not have the wingers that are comfortable doing that. Um, so we might, you know, we want to play more centrally. We want to be more compact um, and play shorter stuff. We might say that we, you know, we want to miss the midfield altogether and look for the striker. It depends on year to year. We certainly recruit with a vision in mind, but when the girls walk in the door and two, three weeks of pre-season and the first couple of games, you might say, okay, this isn't working. How do we change this? How do we become more successful? Um, and that a lot of that comes down to. Uh, conversations with the players. You know, why isn't this working for you? Why, why are you not doing what we're asking? Or uh, what is it? And a lot of the time, it'll be I'm just not comfortable doing that, or I've never played there, or I've never been asked to do that. Um, and so we, then we can break it down. Okay, so let's try and get you. You know, let's try and get you further in the field. Let's try and get you on the ball more by dropping you deeper. Let's try a different position for you. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I have a way of playing, or or our team has got a way of playing. Like I said, the biggest thing is we're trying to build confidence. We want girls who want to be on the ball. We don't like, I, I personally don't like players who just get rid of the ball. I like players who want the ball, who want to be on it, who want to keep it. Um, and through that comes, you know, trying to build confidence within them. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's yeah. I'd say that's my biggest thing. All right. Awesome. Well, we've talked about a lot of different things, coach. I like to end these all the same way. And that is if you had one piece of advice, one nugget of information you'd love to share with parents, players, families, anybody going through the college recruitment process, what would that be? Um, what I would say coming from a junior college is be open-minded. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of players, a lot of families have their dream scenario. Um 
and in college soccer now, you know, we've got the transfer portal, um, that we have junior colleges. It, I think people get stuck very quickly on on one thing. Um, I want to play at Clemson. I want to play at North Carolina. I'd love to be the coach at North Carolina, but, you know, there's a process to it and there's only so many players, you know, five, six players taken to these big schools. So, you know, it's good to have that dream. But if that's not happening for you right away, how do you end up getting there? And the conversation I have a lot of, with a lot of people who you know haven't thought about the junior college route is, listen, you're not being offered the things, or maybe you are being offered from the school that you want, but you're not being promised. You know, they're saying you're going to have to come in, maybe redshirt for a year. Um, so are there other options that can help you get to that? Because you don't need to be there straight away. Um, one of the things I always say to players here is once you get your degree from your four-year school, if you go and play at Syracuse, it doesn't say studied here for four years it just says you know degree or bachelor's or whatever so if you get there going through the junior college route if you get there going to another school and then transferring in there after two years it doesn't your <laughs> paper you get doesn't say played at a junior college for two or studied at a junior college for two years and then came to it just has your your degree your your path to get there may be different from what you want but um you know, just because you're not getting the offer right now doesn't mean you can't get an offer a year, two years down the line if you, you know, keep your options open. So that would be the biggest piece of advice I would give to um, players and parents. Be open-minded. If you don't get your 1A, 1B, 1C offer, you know, you don't automatically have to go down to your 2, 3, 4. You can, you can, but maybe there's another option through a junior college, through someone else that can help you get there. Um, well, I'm going to add a PS question then. So, so because I forgot to ask this earlier, sure. of the girls who who want to continue on and play at a four year school, you know, what? How has the success of that placement been for the girls who come through your your program? Well, I, so this is my, I'm going into my third year. So uh, last year we had some success. We had um, players going on and playing at four year schools. Um, the year before that, we had a couple of going into it. Uh, we're I'm trying to build a program here that is successful on the field. We want to win regionals and, and national titles. That is our goal and ambition. But that's not my job description. My Me personally, my own job description that I make for myself, my job description for myself is to help these players get to the next level. And that could be a four-year school. It could be that they want to go and play in Europe or, or somewhere. It could be that they want to go straight from junior college and go and try playing in Iceland or France or England or, or Scotland, where I'm from. Um, so again, relationships with, uh, are critical to be able to know what those things are. So I'm built, I'm trying to build this program with a lot of help from the college um, and build relationships with four-year schools, D1, D2, D3, um, to try and help our players take the next step. That is, that's my biggest mission more than winning games, championships, whatever. Um, hopefully by doing that, we will be able to do those things. But, you know, my biggest thing is is meeting a player, understanding where they want to go or what their ambitions are, and then how do we help them get to that? So is it, again, does a player, does a coach, uh, uh, so let's say Syracuse, are they looking at a, a, a D3 junior college um, for players to come and play? Maybe. Can you be an All-American for, for two years? Can you help the programme? Can you be 
big in the community and, and be helpful and be, you know, that good person, um, then yeah, then we can help you. If, you know, you're just going to do, come here, be part of the team, you know, help us, but not really push yourself to, to get these individual and team um, accolades, then probably not. Um, so again, it, it's really having that, that um, relationship with other coaches, other schools and the players coming in. Awesome. Well, coach, wish you the best of luck this fall. Really thank you for your time and uh, we'll check in on you, see how you do. And uh, hopefully you'll be bringing home one of those regional championship banners. Appreciate your time. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you, coach. Have a great one. Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates. There's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there.